and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And today we are doing our August favorites. So we're each going to do our top five for the month of August. This is what we're going to be doing now instead of our bi-weeklies because we do want to, for the majority, focus more on the read-alongs. I hope you guys like doing it just once a month instead. Yep. It's just a little easier on us, too, because we record pretty frequently. So we end up, like, skipping weeks and then having to rush along the editing. Yeah. So this should be fun. It's it's going to be, I mean, the same kind of format that the bi-weeklies were, except we're just doing it once a month and we're just picking our top five favorites. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. So my first one is Meet Me There by KM Newhold. It's about two men who had been friends as boys online. Um, They kind of connected over the fact that they were both gay and not really accepted in their regular life or in the closet or whatever the case may be. And they hadn't talked for 15 years and they actually saw each other in a bar in, I think it was New Orleans. So they meet for the first time in person there and they do end up hooking up and then that sparks them rekindling their friendship. However, they both traveled for work. So it wasn't like either of them was stationary in one place for very long. So they managed to meet each other in different cities throughout the time now that their friendship is rekindled and they do eventually fall in love. And it was so good. I mean, Cam Newhold, I I love every single one of her books, but this, this one was really, really good. It's just a sweet friends to lovers long distance until they manage to work it out. It sounds really cute. I'll have to look at it. I haven't read KM Newhold in a minute. It was cute. I mean, the majority of, like, she does have some that have a little bit of angst, but the majority of her books are just sweet, you know? Yeah. All right. So my first one is The Boy Who Loved Wicked. All right. So my first book is The Boy Who Loved Wicked by C.P. Harris. Uh, I think I mentioned it in the read-alongs. So... It's a teacher-student male-male romance, and it is so good. It's really angsty. Okay, so basically, it starts off with Phoenix, who is a, it's his senior year in high school, and he, he's kind of like a, he's introverted. His dad died on his birthday from cancer, and so he's quiet introverted he really loves like philosophy and so when he goes into uh senior year of high school he had really been interested in taking this one philosophy class from a certain teacher only on the first day in walks a brand new teacher it's dr sebastian wicked and he kind of notices the guy he's openly gay It's talked about he had outed himself like the year before publicly on accident. Anyway, he kind of like sees the teacher and he's brilliant. So Phoenix is like, oh, well, happy about that. And then when he goes home, he realizes that the house behind his has been bought by uh, these new neighbors. And it turns out to be his teacher, Sebastian, and his wife. And I, I'm not a huge fan of cheating stories. I don't like stories where there's like a relationship 
with side characters involved. I, I'm not a huge fan. This one was done really well. So uh, anyway, as time progresses, like Phoenix would see uh, Sebastian sitting outside by his pool, like writing in this journal. He starts like, you know, going over there, talking to him. And it kind of develops into this like, emotional connection, more like Phoenix is really naive to the world. He's never dated. He's never, you know, and he starts realizing that he might be attracted to this guy, but he, he really just wants to be his friend. You know, he knows he's married. He's not trying to like poach this married man. So, uh, Sebastian kind of, he knows his marriage is falling apart and it's, I, th- I want to say they've been married for uh, at least a decade, possibly. So his marriage is falling apart and he, you know, he kind of like implies that, you know, oh, it's, this is, it's my turn to try to fix it this time because, you know, she's done it in the past and, you know, but he says she's not the villain of the story. Like she's not the bad guy because all Phoenix is seeing is that like, she's always gone. She never wants to come home when they are home. They don't speak anything like that. She ignores him. So it eventually gets physical. And then Sebastian asks his wife for a divorce, you know, and Phoenix is so sweet about it because he really, really cared about her. Only then the wife ends up pregnant. So it ends really happy. There's so much emotional angst in this book. There is, I cried reading it. I, the love story was so beautiful. It doesn't happy. I feel like it ends a little differently than I thought it would, but I'm I'm glad that I stuck through it and it was beautiful. It sounds good. I you know you know me. I love an angsty one. CP Harris just knocks it out of the park with the angst, all of it. Yeah, I'm glad that you chose to read another one of their books after I read along. I'm gonna have to read it too because I you know I've been I've been looking for an angsty one. Yeah. I just and started actually um, their other book too. The I feel like there's not a lot of angsty books that like one of us haven't hasn't already read. Okay, so my next one uh, is when wrecked meets ruined. It's my only male female that I put on here, which I actually did read some male female this month. Okay, I say that like I don't. For some reason, I just didn't put any of them on here except this one. So let me start off by saying that this whole series is amazing. It's Emery Rose. I don't know if I said the author name. Uh, when Wrecked Meets Ruined. So this whole series, I think it's the Lost Stars series. The whole series is fantastic. This book, again, was amazing. I still think you should read it if you haven't, Courtney. I know I've recommended it to you a couple times. I have not. I it, is a, it is a little angsty. The whole series is just really great. So you follow different members of this family uh, as they fall in love. And this time it was uh, two problem child. They both have their own emotional baggage to deal with. Um, At first, you know, she doesn't, the main female character doesn't want to get involved with anybody because her life is a fucking mess. And... You know, he is also a mess because he has his own trauma that he's gone through. Eventually, he does end up wearing her down and they do get together. But something happens. I don't want to give any spoilers. Something happens and she leaves. They have to figure out if they're going to make you make their way back to each other or not. But so it is a second chance. It is a small town romance. It was amazing. There's a lot of emotion 
that is in this series as a whole, every single one of these couples in this whole series have had to really fight for each other. This was the newest book that was released, and uh, I just, yeah, I love it. This series really has a soft spot in my heart, and these characters, you meet them, they're not through the whole entire series, but you meet them in previous books, and they both just have their own, you know, heartbreak. Like, your heart goes out to them well before their book. And so I was really excited when I saw this book came out. So I don't know. That one, I, I really recommend it. When Wrecked Meets Room. <laughs> well, it does sound good. It sounds really angsty, which, I mean, I've been into the angsty books-ish lately. My next one is, it's the Boardwalk King series. So only book one and two are out. Book three, I think, will be out in October. So it's a mafia reverse harem romance. So it starts with this girl, Ava. And so her dad is like the money man for the mafia, the boardwalk mafia. They run Atlantic City. And she is in Colombia getting her some sort of finance, mathematics degree, whatever. And she wants to get out. So she does not want to work for the Luciano family, which is the uh, mafia family. And her dad is like, was childhood friends with the head of this family so they're like locked in because the head of the family when they were younger paid for her dad to go to college so like he sold his soul basically to become their you know locked in for life and become their money man uh only it turns out that the dad was he had made some bad investments so he took money from their family to cover them and it ended up being i think like I, I want to say like $10 million or something like that. So uh, she she doesn't know at first. So all of a sudden, like the guys are staring at her at like parties. And when she graduates, they're all there. And the, and the uh, head of the family, the Don or whatever, like he goes, oh, well, I have a job offer for you. You know, the kind you can't not accept. And she is rightfully upset about it because she had gotten a different job already so she could escape because she was like, you know, just because my father, like, you know, sold his soul to the devil, you know, sucks for him. I'm going to get out. So all of a sudden she's working for the family very closely because they want to see if they can get her to essentially catch and confirm that her dad had uh, stolen the money and like where it was or whatever. So her dad finally tells her what happens and he asks her to cover for him like to get the money back in increments because apparently she's like a investment whiz. You know, she can turn 1 million into 15 with, you know, out of her top of her head. So she's trying to do it on the low while also avoiding these four men who are like getting really close to her and sleeping with her and uh, corrupting her. So it that's basically kind of the gist of book one. Uh, book two got really wild but I don't want to spoil too much. It was a really good book. Like I've kind of been burned out on mafia romances because they they typically get really cliche. And I'm not saying that this one didn't have some cliche, you know, things in it. But it was a really good book. Cool. Cool beans. Okay. <laughs> My next one is Luke by Cora Rose. This is the newest one in her series, which follows different guys from the same family and friends of theirs. Actually, because uh, Emery was not a part of that family. So Luke meets Elliot at a coffee shop. Elliot cut in front of him. And Luke 
uh, Luke was just immediately intrigued by him. So Elliot's transgender. It comes up in conversation while they're at the coffee shop. Elliot is an absolute prickly pear, wants nothing to do with Luke and his golden retriever energy. And Luke is like, nah, man, like you're going to be my new best friend. And I'm going to force myself on you, basically. <laughs> and so, not in like a bad way, though. Yeah, no, like in a friend way. So Luke basically stalks him and forces him to pay attention to him. Just, yeah, it's like we're going to be friends and we're going to hang out and watch movies and drink beer and we're going to go out and we're going to have fun because you look like you don't know how to have fun. It is just, it's amazing. So Elliot has some insecurity issues that kind of have to deal with him being trans, but kind of have to deal with damage that he took in a past relationship. But Luke just thinks he's perfect and he ends up just wanting to love him. And so it it's just wonderful. Cora Rose is an amazing author. If you haven't read any of her books, you're sleeping. Seriously. You're oh. sleeping on Cora Rose. Oh my gosh. Yes. They are so freaking amazing. I loved that Elliot was the top too. I was yeah. so, so hot. And and not only that, but they just, I really love like that whole family. They're just these big guys who are just like so fucking amazing. I mean, I, yeah, I, I loved um, the friends too. You know, I loved Emery too. It's just the whole series is just like, you know, that family, especially they're just these, these big guys that are just these freaking adorable little, you know, like them, you know, some was the only like true top, like, and the rest of them are yeah. all just kind of like, yeah, whatever you want, dude. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's the thing with that book. So Elliot and Wit are very similar characters. Oh yeah, they ask if they're related. Yeah. Elliot is very Wit 2.0. Yeah. Um and Wit, I still think Wit is my favorite book in the series. I know mm. uh everybody has their own favorites. They're all incredible. Oh, there's not yeah. there's not a single book that Cora Rose could come out with that I wouldn't love like honestly her writing is just fantastic i'm excited to see what she does next because i don't know how much further she can go especially because i think she's done the whole family except for like give us the brother and sister-in-law story you know which it doesn't necessarily seem to be her market i'm not saying she couldn't write male female romances she absolutely probably could knock that out of the park too but as far as like this friend group and family i think it's come to an end I think this was the last book. So I'm wondering, I'm so curious to see what the next project or book is going to be from this author because I cannot wait to see what other world I'm going to be able to dive into with them. Yeah, she's amazing. The, the, here's the really, really special thing about Cora Rose. So her books aren't very angsty, but her character development is top notch. She is one of my favorite authors for character development. Absolutely. Yeah. You you feel like you know these characters. You know, there's a, I guess like you just come to a point where you can tell the difference between someone who like has a character in their mind and, you know, is trying to make that come across on the uh, pages. But then there's authors who really like connect with their characters and you can tell the difference. And Cora Rose absolutely connects with her characters and she, you know, makes it very easy for you to do the same. She's she's amazing. 
100%. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, yeah, that's why Luke is in my top five for August. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, my next one is Gravity by Talbauer. This same. We can both have it. It's fine. It's just that good. Yeah. No, seriously. Uh, so, Kelsey has been telling me this whole time that I've been sleeping on Talbauer, and she's not wrong. This is my first book by this author. I haven't read any of the other ones. So, uh, it's a hockey male male romance, and holy shit. So, there's Bryce and Hunter. Bryce is like this all-star, like super amazing hockey player. He's on a team in Canada. It's I no, not gonna do it. It means the stars. Uh so yeah, it's Montreal. Yes, they're in Montreal. So anyway, he he ends up going to uh Las Vegas for this like conference thing where like all of the all-star hockey players are getting together and there's like a you know this game and you know they're networking and things like that and then he meets hunter who hunter believes that he is this like middle of the road hockey player you know he doesn't think he's like super great and his idol when he was growing up was bryce because bryce is i think four years older than him maybe six years yeah yeah so He's a little bit older than him, so he got drafted when Bryce was, like, or when Hunter was in high school, sorry. And so Hunter is, you know, he he was, you know, inspired by him to go, you know, to go through with it and, you know, become a hockey player. And so uh, they meet in Vegas, and they kind of have this, like, instant connection. Not necessarily, like, attraction at first, at least for Hunter. For Bryce, like, he's attracted to Hunter, like, right away. And for Hunter, it's kind of like he's, like, super connected like, mentally with Bryce. He's like, you know, oh, this guy is, like, super awesome. And so they end up spending, I think, like, the whole conference together almost, you know, aside from a few things. And they play together. And it, like, wows everybody. Like, they play so in sync. So then one night, they're hanging out, I think, right before the conference is about to end. And Bryce kisses Hunter. And Hunter kind of freezes up. Like, he he was not expecting it. He didn't know what to think about it. And, you know, neither of them knew, you know, the other. Like, Hunter never thought of himself as liking men. And Bryce was really trying to, like, push that away even though he kind of knew it about himself. So they don't see each other again. Like, you know, Hunter leaves. They don't see each other again. They both go back home. And then both of them are playing, like, not well after that for the next few games. So Hunter ends up getting recruited and traded to the Montreal team, you know, because they said, you know, you guys were playing so well together and we need Bryce back in action. Like, we're trying to win this freaking cup. We need Bryce back in action. He gets recruited, and it's really rocky at first because Bryce is not trying to uh, connect with Hunter at all. And Hunter's like, what can I do? What What do you want me to do? You know, and... Bryce is heartbroken. Bryce is heartbroken. He fell in love in a few days with Hunter, and he just... He doesn't know how to mend his heart, basically, because he thinks Hunter is straight. Yeah, well, and Hunter, like, poor little kid, you know, he was like, I think I'm willing to do this, but he doesn't really know. And the whole team is kind of shunning Hunter. Nobody's really getting to know him. And so they finally end up going and uh, getting away with just the two of them because Hunter's like, we need to figure this out. We just, let's go somewhere. And so they kind of get lost and then a storm rolls through and they get caught overnight. The tension and the passion just explodes and then they're like in love and oh my god it was oh and then there's yeah there's some 
there's there's a thing that happens and it would be a total spoiler but it is fucking holy shit yeah and uh, it's it does have a happy ending tal bauer is an incredible author here's here's the thing i would love to go and read every single one of tal bauer's books um they all have different vibes but some of his books are in third person yeah and i can't tell you how long I can't tell you how often I fucking pick up a book and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it happens to me so often, but it happened to me today. Actually, I was going to pick up another one of his books, The Jock, because I've been on a sports kick, actually. The last, like, probably seven books that I've read have all been sports, hockey, actually. And it's it, it was third person. And I was like, fuck. But the books that I have read of his that are in first person are just fantastic. He's a wonderful, wonderful author. He's just, all of his books are so beautiful. If you want a beautiful book, a very well-written, intense, beautiful book, Tal Bauer is a great author to go for that. I I mean, I haven't, like I said, this is my first one, but oh man, it really hit, it hits you in the, in all the feels. Yeah, because it, every single emotion that the characters experience really come through on the page like you really feel their feelings with them yeah tal bauer's just great i'm gonna have He's to great. read secret service now aren't i secret service is really good it's like a thriller kind of mystery is there more spice in the other books i mean i'm not saying that i was disappointed with the level of spice because the emotional connection in this book was so top tier that i didn't miss it necessarily as much I'm just wondering if the other ones do. I don't remember. I feel like the spice level in this one was on par with the other ones. Okay. But if you like, yeah, so the their Secret Service one is more like mystery thriller-esque. But You and Me is another one that I've read by him. And that that is still my favorite Talbauer book that I've read. It is so good. And I'm not usually a big single dad book reader either. But that one is a, a best friends to lovers, and it is so fucking good. Okay, so my next one, or my last one actually, because we both had gravity. Um, my last one is P.S. I Loathe You by Isla Olson. So it's a six, uh, words are hard. It's a sister's ex-fiance book. So basically the two main characters, it, it's a male male as well. The two main characters have hated each other the entire time that they've known each other. So main male character one, he is engaged to main character two's sister. And so they've been around each other for years at this point. They know each other, but not very well because they can't stand each other. So main character two, he I believe he's a tattoo artist and he's just kind of rough around the edges. And his whole family is very, I don't want to say pretentious, but very well put together uppity family. And main character one is, you know, also a little on the pretentious side. They just are polar opposites in every way. (laughs) And uh, the sister, she writes an advice column and is like, hey, I think I need to break off my engagement. And like, there's just not really any spark left. And I don't want to get married if we're not in love anymore. And so the advice columnist, actually happens to be main character two's best friend and so when the sister ends up breaking up the engagement main character one writes a mean email to the advice columnist and is like you know basically 
like you can't fuck up people's lives like that and like just goes off on her so when main character two reads this email doesn't know that his sister wrote the column like doesn't know any of that is like what the fuck is this guy doing like why would he write something so mean to a stranger who's just doing her job so he emails him back and they end up emailing back and forth and getting to know each other really well um, anonymously they don't know who the other person is and so when they figure it out and they you know they've been confessing things like I'm really attracted to my sister's ex-fiance, but I also hate him. And I'm, this guy's like, you know, funny that I'm really attracted to my ex-fiance's brother, but I also really hate him. Like things like that, like they've been, you know, exchanging secrets because it's anonymous and they figure out that they are the person that they've been talking to and sparks fly. And it's just, it was really cute. It wasn't very angsty uh, from my recollection. It's been a couple weeks since I've read it. Yeah, it was really good though. You cute. would think there would be such a huge opportunity for angst too, especially with like the ex, like the sister. I actually saw something so similar to it. It was like the sister's ex-husband or whatever and the brother that get together. And I, I almost gave it a chance. You're kind of making me want to find that book now and give it a chance. Because they end up doing the same well, thing. Like, they live in the same apartment building and they're doing the anonymous thing. And now I really want to find that book. I mean, you could read this one instead. It's really good. <laughs> it's uh, The reason why it's not angsty, really, is because the sister is the one that broke off the engagement. She worked very hard to make sure that they would still be friends, even though they weren't right for each other. I think if, like, he was the one to break off the engagement and then it could have been more angsty but just it was very well played is what i'll say i i don't really go for those kind of books very often because the type of angst that it can provide nerve-wracking usually but i read this one and it was it was more cute than it I feel was like we switched bodies this past few weeks because I've been reading so much. Eh? All right. So I'm going to do my last one since I stole your last one. I'll just cut mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's Deadly Affair by K.E. Knight and Ivy Fox. It said three, but it looks like it's only two authors. All right. So basically the female main character has a – she's had like a super shit life. So her mom got knocked up with her in high school and uh, she didn't know who the father was. And so uh, she didn't have a dad. And then a few years later, the mom meets the stepdad and he is a violent drunk who knocks his mom around. And then the mom has two more siblings that are quite a few years younger than her. So she has an eight-year-old brother and then I, I think when the story starts, because she's younger, when the story starts, uh, I think the sister is six. So when she's 17, the dad hits the little brother, like knocks, you know, is kicking him and punching him and, you know, basically beats him, beats him pretty bad. So the mom decides that she's going to leave. Their entire relationship, she's been knocking the mom around and hitting the kids here and there. But this last time, it was like, it's too far. So she goes to leave, only she makes a mistake. And when they're actually leaving 
it was right after the stepdad had left for work and she uh, ends up parking like next to him or right behind him at a stop sign. So he sees her and takes off. So they end up on this like high speed chase. The mom is like going crazy, driving, trying to get away. And like the daughter, the main female character, she's trying to like calm down the babies in the backseat and trying to get her mom to like slow down. And so um, eventually the mom hits a tree and she gets stopped and she goes out there to try to say something to the stepdad and the stepdad uh, shoots her and kills her on the spot. And then the little brother who doesn't really understand, like the main female character is trying to keep the kids in the car. She just saw her mom get shot and she's like, oh shit, like, I don't know what to do. So she's going to try to hide him and then go out there herself. Only the, the brother runs out before she can stop him and gets killed too. He gets shot right in the chest with like a shotgun by the stepdad. And so then she gets out. She tells the little sister, like hide underneath, you know, the seat as best you can. Like, I'm going to go out there knowing what's going to happen. So she goes out and uh, she tries to stop her stepdad, you know, and but she knows she's going to die. So she's like, you know, you're worthless. Like, how could you do that to your kid? And as he's about to shoot her, this other car has pulled up and the window rolls down and then shoots the dad. Like, uh, but not before he gets a shot off that goes wide and like hits her shoulder. So uh, as she's like bleeding on the ground and when a shotgun goes off, like that, that's a that's a hefty shot. So uh, she she's on the ground bleeding and all she like sees is like a glimpse of the guy's eyes and then she passes out. She wakes up in the hospital where CPS is now involved and uh, her little sister and her get taken to a foster home and then they bounce to their aunt's house. And all this time, the uh, stranger, he's this guy, he's a hitman. So he had just happened to be dropping off a body at the nearby pig farm on this road when he saw what was going on and something just compelled him to like stop and shoot the guy. <laughs> Nothing really. And then he sees the girl and mind you, she is, I want to say like 17. She might be 16. So she's like 16 or 17. He sees her and he's like, and the little sister and he goes, you know, I'm going to protect these girls. I have to protect these girls. So, and he doesn't understand why, because he's never really had feelings or emotions like that before. So he kind of like stalks them to the foster home, but they've already gone with the aunt. And so he kind of like is like watching over them from afar. Like he's not trying to get involved in their life or anything. So then he realizes, I want to say she had to be 16 because he realizes when she's 17 that like something's not right with the way he's watching her compared to the little girl. He's like, the little girl, I just want to like protect her from anybody to hurt her. The older one, he's like, that, and that's not okay because he's in his, I think, like mid 20s. So he realizes that's not okay. And he's like, I'm going to go. You know, she seems like she's safe at her aunt's house. Anyway, and but at her aunt's house, she ends up having to drop out of school because her aunt never wanted to take her in. It was her mom's sister, and her mom's sister like blames her for her mom dying because if she had never been born, uh, then her mom wouldn't have done whatever the events led to her getting with this abusive guy. So according to her, it's her mom's, it's you know the daughter's fault. So she has to drop out of school and essentially become Cinderella, and it goes on like that until she's 18. And then at 18, she decides to get a job so that she can get custody of her little sister. And she asked the aunt to just keep the little sister, but they both get kicked out. So she's like, fine. Only this sister is sick. So it kind of time jumps to, I think, 
three years in the future after she's 18. So she's 21 now. And the sister is having issues that started like during that car crash. She has migraines and nosebleeds and like really bad stuff. So uh, the sister is working her ass off as a waitress. And then uh, something happens. I think the sister ends up getting even sicker. So she takes her to the hospital and uh, they find out that she has something going on in her brain. And so they have to like do surgery. And while she was working at a waitress pretty recently, the hitman guy was coming in and like sitting in her section, but he never talked to her. He never really spoke. He just like got a cup of coffee and then left her a pretty big tip. So she decides that to get money for the surgery, she's going to become a stripper. And he finds out and he walks in and hauls her off the stage. And she's like, what is this stranger that, you know, sits in my section doing? And he tells her that he will pay for her sister's surgery if she marries him. And she has zero clue who this guy is. She doesn't remember him at all. Uh, you know, because that she only saw like a brief glimpse before she passed out after getting shot. So he knows everything about her though. So he ends up getting her to marry him. It kind of develops from there and there's, you know, the whole drama of the fact that he's a hitman and stuff like that. So it was really good. Katie Knight is usually a really good read. You know, she's a good author that I, I go to if I don't, you know, have anything, you know, just to see what she's released. Well, that sounds like a roller coaster of emotions. It was. I have so <laughs> many like weird underage, like age gap uh, books on my roster. I know how weird that sounds, right? Because I'm not the hugest like advocate of it. And they're all male, female. Oh, by the way, nobody kicked up a fuss about them either. Yeah. So uh, at least this one, the main female character was like well over the age of 18. Like she was 21 when anything started. Yeah. Well, that sounds, I didn't even know that Katie Knight released a new book. She did. It's going to, I think it's going to be a series of standalones. I think the sister is next and I'm really excited to see that one. Yeah, I might have to check it out. All right. Well, this was our top five favorites of August. So our next episode will be another read along. We'll read something next. Yeah, we'll see you next week with something. something. Yeah, <laughs> We'll all be surprised together again. Yeah, that's kind of a theme with us right now. But you know what? We're winging it and loving it. So. We're also recording this quite far in advance from when our next read along will be. Yes. So. Thank you for listening. Join our Facebook group. Send us an email. I'll have it in the description. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.